Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Today is episode 43. How do you recognize self-sabotage? Hi, everyone. First, the review of the week comes from Positive Momentum, who says, I have been listening to Malia's podcasts for several months, and they are fantastic. Her power principles are a great source of inspiration. The podcast on balance has completely shifted my perspective on how I manage my life. Great work. Thank you, Positive Momentum. Love your username. The episode referred to here is episode number 12, The Power of Imbalance. If you're ever feeling badly because you feel your life is so out of balance, this is a great episode to listen to, to remind yourself that balance is not the goal. If we're balanced, we're not progressing. The way to strengthen our life, to strengthen our core muscles, requires us to step into periods of imbalance. Thank you, Positive Momentum, for taking the time to leave me a five-star review and for reminding us about that great episode on the power of imbalance. If you would like to be the review of the week, leave me a five-star review, mention a couple of your favorite takeaways, power principles, or episodes, and make sure to stay to the end of today's episode to learn how to receive a special thank you gift I've prepared especially for my reviewers. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review. I really appreciate it. On last week's episode, I promised that this week I would share this crazy, cool, amazing breakthrough moment that happened in Brazil. If you listened last week, then you know I didn't want to go. I came close to almost not going to Brazil. But because of what I'm talking about today, about how to recognize self-sabotage, I ended up going. And I ended up having this completely unplanned, unexpected, amazing experience that really illustrates what can happen when we know how to recognize and overpower self-sabotage. Let me start first by asking some questions. Who would you say is the person, or maybe people, who are most blocking you from moving forward? Who is the most in your way from being able to achieve the life you want? Who is the recipient of the majority of your blame? The truth is you. You are your own worst enemy. It is true for every one of us. The biggest battles in life are fought not between us and someone else, but between me and me. Me versus me, you versus you. And real powerful change can begin to take place in your life when you learn to recognize how and when you are getting in your own way. The ability to recognize, to discern self-sabotage requires an amount of self-awareness. It requires true, sincere, 100% honesty. It requires humility, and that's not easy to do. I know it's easy to think, oh, I'm a humble person. I'm pretty teachable. I do this all the time. But what's that saying that the minute that you think you're humble, you're not? Remember the story of Jesus's disciples at the Last Supper when they hear their master say, one of you will betray me. What's interesting is that none of them said, oh, I'm your humble disciple and follower, so it can't be me. Because they were humble disciples, they all turned inward and asked, is it me? Lord, is it I? Could it possibly be me? Could 
I be doing something that I'm unaware of that could cause me to betray my master? The best definition of humility I've ever learned is this. Humility is honest assessment. This ability to turn the magnifying glass on yourself and examine how you may be contributing to the problem is the key to creating the ability to move forward successfully towards your best life and becoming the best version of yourself. Just this morning, while I was chauffeuring kids to school, I was listening to The Lisa Show on BYU Radio, and there was an interview with a clothing and confidence consultant who said that she makes her clients take three photographs of themselves in different outfits that they wear often. And if they aren't willing to photograph themselves and honestly examine those pictures, she won't work with them because she can't work with them. And I thought it was interesting how she said that being able to examine ourselves as we really are outside of ourselves is more powerful even than a mirror image. This holding out a photo, it's like seeing yourself for the first time oh yeah, I am wearing clothes that are too big, too baggy, sloppy, and unflattering. Today I'm not talking about a clothing wardrobe, but I am talking about the thoughts we wear. The thoughts we allow our brains to dress us in. A key to being able to recognize self-sabotage is the ability to take a photograph of your thoughts and hold those thoughts out in front of you and examine them for what they are and ask the question, is keeping these thoughts, is wearing these thoughts making me the person that I want to be? A couple of months ago, when this opportunity came up for me to go on a business trip to Brazil with my husband, I didn't have a good attitude about it. We had just returned from a two-week trip to South Africa, which was amazing and also really challenging and exhausting. Such long travel, a lot of driving once we got on the ground there. And it's hard to be away from home. And I had all of these thoughts come into my mind about, oh my goodness, I've Brazil, you know, leaving again. I can't leave again. We just barely got home. I have so many things to do. I just can't always be off traveling around the world and still getting things done. What does my husband think? That I get a passport and now suddenly I can just magically turn into a world traveler? When the topic of Brazil would come up, I would say to my husband, I don't know. I have to think about it. And then I would think about it. I would stew about it really. And you know what I was feeling? I was really feeling annoyed. And I was thinking about this thing that happened like 15 years ago. We were living in Arizona and for my husband's work, he could earn bonus trips. And he was new in his business. He hadn't earned any trips yet. And each incentive period, there was a selection of five or so trips to choose from. And I saw the selection and this particular time, there was an option to go to Paris. And oh boy, I had my eye on that Paris trip and I never said anything to my husband about it. I didn't ask if he was really working towards earning a trip. I just thought he knows how much I've always wanted to go to Paris. I had lived as a missionary in France 
And now we're east of Paris. But because Paris was outside of my mission boundaries, I'd never been there. So I could speak French, but I'd never seen Paris, never been to the Eiffel Tower, never been to the Louvre. And in my mind, I just thought, oh, he has got to have seen that trip to Paris and he is going to want to be working his little tail off to win that trip so he can take me, his sweetheart, the love of his life to Paris. And he probably doesn't even remember this. Honestly, this is probably a good episode for him to skip because he probably doesn't even know all of this went on in my brain. But the incentive period closed and he never said anything about it. I really was expecting like balloons and flowers and this big surprise. Oh, I'm taking you to Paris. And he didn't say anything about it. And finally, one day I mentioned, how did the incentive go? You know, did you earn the trip? And he's like, oh, I'll have to check on it. And he had to go the next day to the office and see... And it turns out he was one category short of qualifying. He had made all of the sales numbers. He had earned enough revenue, but he had to do it across various categories. And he was one category short. And he even had a sale in that category that he could have gotten to go through in time. And he just wasn't even really watching it. Oh, knife in the heart. And it wasn't the pain of not going to Paris. It was the pain of that he wasn't thinking about it. I was so convinced that I was top of his mind and I had built up this big getaway in my head and I just knew that he was working on it and thinking about it and wanting to do this for me. And it turned out he hadn't even been paying attention or given it a second thought. So one night after he went to bed, I was so upset, I couldn't sleep. I went into the office, turned on the computer, I created a file and I wrote him a scathing letter about how his action or lack of action completely revealed his true feelings for me, that I didn't matter to him anymore, that he couldn't, didn't even think about me, that I wasn't on his mind and that it wasn't even important enough to him. He had this chance to take me to Paris, a place that he knew I would love. And he didn't even give it a second thought. And I was so convinced, my brain just telling me, just harp, harp, harping, that this was a s- evidence, that this was a sign of his lack of love for me. Then I saved the document in a file where you wouldn't find it just going about day-to-day business. But that day that I died a young and tragic death and he would be searching the computer to find memories of me, that he would come across this letter and that he would feel so remorseful and so sad that he hadn't loved me and that then my death would suddenly make him wish that he had appreciated me for the wife and the mother that I had been and that he would wished he had been more thoughtful to work to earn that trip and take me to Paris. Can you see how easily the train of my thoughts gets off track and goes wildly out of control? I shared this story not to bring up old grievances and certainly not to dive headfirst off a bridge into old water. Today, I don't believe 
any of those old thoughts. But isn't it interesting how the brain works that when this opportunity presents itself to go on a trip with my husband, that the first thing my brain does is pull up these old thoughts and these old feelings of emotions. And what's interesting is that the majority of the time, all of these thoughts were happening in flashes and I wasn't even conscientious of them. And so every time the topic of Brazil came up, I was just feeling bugged about it. I was feeling annoyed. And so I'm thinking, oh yeah, he won't take me to Paris when I desperately need a vacation from my life. But now, sure, now that my kids are grown and they're in school all day and I have time to myself in the day and I have things that I actually want to do, I have a book publishing deadline that I'm getting ready for. Oh yeah, so now he wants to take me on trips. So the reason I do share this story and fess up all of this and really just lay open the autopsy of my brain for y'all to see and examine is to illustrate how to recognize these self-sabotaging thoughts. Here are two big clues. Clue number one, the emotion, the feeling of being bugged. If there is a situation and thinking about that situation gets you feeling bugged, annoyed, resentful, I can guarantee you're experiencing self-sabotaging thoughts. Clue number two is recognize how all of these thoughts play me as the victim, playing the victim card. Oh, woe is me. I'm such a victim. My husband didn't love me enough to take me to Paris. And now all he wants is for me to go along with him on this trip so that he won't be lonely. But in the meantime, I have to find a babysitter and clean out the refrigerator and prepare a week's worth of meals and get behind on everything I need to get done. Also, I can go entertain him. Did you like that whining voice? It kind of sounded like Donald Trump, I think. Whenever your thoughts start telling the story with a slant that makes you the victim, bada bing, self-sabotage. Looking back now, I can see that the thoughts that I had before going to Brazil were pretty much two flavors, two categories. One was this playing the victim card. And then the other flavor of thoughts were the self-limiting thoughts. So when I wasn't getting bugged about thinking how he didn't take me to Paris, but now he wants me to travel all over the world all the time, the other flavor of my thoughts would go something like this. Oh, I just went on a huge trip to South Africa four months ago. I shouldn't have another big trip. It's selfish. It's gluttonous. Good mothers don't leave their children for that long and that often. And here's a big one. It's too expensive. It's too much money to spend. What clues me in, what sends up the red flag to me that alerts me that I'm experiencing self-sabotaging thoughts in the form of self-limiting thoughts is that I get the feelings of unworthiness, not deserving. I'm not deserving of this. I also feel worry about being judged and worry about people perceiving me as being selfish. And because I've been practicing recognizing and breaking down and analyzing thoughts for so many years now, I recognize that those negative emotions don't serve me well. They're signs of a mindset of limitation. They are indicators that these emotions are triggered by self-sabotaging thoughts. 
I think a really important discussion point here is how do you recognize the difference between self-sabotaging thoughts and your own intuition, your own intelligence guiding you to make good decisions? It's such an excellent question because maybe it's not the wisest thing or the best thing to go on every potential trip that presents itself. What if it were my intuition, my intelligence telling me "Mm, this may not be a good trip to go on? And how do you know the difference? The difference is the emotions. Your intuition does not send you feelings of annoyance, bothered, resentment, bugged, blame, or worthlessness or unworthiness. Your true intuition, your intelligence is not going to play the victim card. Intuition is not going to pit you against a loved one. A thought like, well, I'm not going to go to Brazil just to pay him back, just to get back at him for that whole Paris thing and serve him right. Self-sabotaging thought, not intuition. The good news here and the happy end to the story is that like my clothing and confidence expert at the beginning recommended, I was able to take a photograph. I was able to snapshot my thoughts, put them out in front of me and examine them for what they were. And I could recognize them as sloppy, too big, not fitting, not the kind of thoughts that I wanted to be wearing. And so I could choose other thoughts. And there is a difference between deliberately chosen, proactive thinking versus the knee-jerk, burst-response thoughts that come into your mind. When I go into proactive thinking mode, it always puts the accountability back on myself. I'm responsible to choose. I get to decide. I get to decide. I can figure out how to arrange my kids' schedule and ask someone to watch over them and clean out my refrigerator and plan meals. I can do that. I can choose to do that. And it puts me into more of a proactive mindset. And that's the story. That's the story of how self-sabotaging thoughts nearly prevented me from spending a beautiful week in Brazil. And if you listened to last week's episode, then you got details of some of my favorite experiences and people I met and food that I ate, and things that I learned. For this episode, the story fast forwards to our last morning in Brazil and to a breakthrough experience that I didn't imagine and could have never predicted before I traveled there. I get chills thinking about it. So if you noticed the featured image on this episode, it's a silhouette of a woman standing in the ocean against the backdrop of a huge orange sun. That's me in the photo. It looks like the stock photography that I usually choose to go with each of my podcast episodes. And I didn't even realize what was happening at the moment that that photograph was taken. It was completely unplanned and a culmination of a lot of things coming together for this one really picturesque moment. So here's the situation. My husband and I, we decide to wake up our last morning there to see the sunrise. And we looked it up and the sunrise was happening at 5.17 a.m. Brazil time, which is 2.17 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is what our body clocks are used to. We had already been having a hard time falling asleep and being able to be awake in the morning there. 
And so we were like, do we really want to do this? Do we really want to get up early on vacation or do we just want to enjoy the hotel? We set our alarm. The alarm goes off at 4.45 in the morning and there's that moment of decision. Do we turn the alarm off and go back to bed? But we got up. We expect it to be cold. We expect the ocean water to be cold. So we're not planning to get in the water at all. We don't put on swimsuits. We just put on some sweatpants and head out to walk on the beach and watch the sunrise. Our flight leaves later that day. And so we want to soak in as much of this experience as possible. It's already pretty light outside. When we wake up at 4.45, we're amazed that it's already so light. And as we walk out and get on the beach and start walking on the sand, we, we really wonder if we've missed the sunrise, but we don't see the sun anywhere. But it's also really, really cloudy. It had been overcast the day before. We hadn't even gotten a tan line, which was kind of disappointing to me. And so we're thinking, well, maybe we won't even see the sunrise. Maybe the clouds will cover it because for the past couple of days, the sun really had been covered by the clouds. And so we're walking and trying to predict where the sun will come up when it does come up because we think it hasn't. We can't really see any sign of it. We decide to walk up the beach a little bit in one direction while we're waiting. We start walking in the water and surprisingly, the water's not a bit cold. If anything, it's even more warm and it feels delicious. After a while, we walk back the other direction. We keep watching the sky and then suddenly there it is a small orange dot, a polka dot of light. And there are a lot of clouds, but this one pinpoint is penetrating through the cloud cover. We're still thinking maybe the clouds will cover most of it and it won't be that majestic a sunrise, but we don't mind. We're glad to be there. It's a beautiful morning. It's magical solitude of a morning together. And we're reflecting on the experiences that we've had that week. And I'm walking and praying, offering a prayer of gratitude in my heart as I often do for that magical moment. And then the orange dot starts moving up and then it rises above a strip of clouds and now it's an orange arch, like just the perfect orange section of a rainbow. It's magnificent and it begins to rise more and more and no matter how hard they try, the clouds can't hide it. And my husband and I, we stand there and we do what we came for. We watch the sun rise. There's something powerful and reassuring about watching light break through clouds. All the metaphors about the sun always rises, the promise of a new day, speak in that moment. And suddenly I realized we need to do my handstand photos. I've been practicing doing handstands and I try to take a photo of me doing handstands. Not, I don't take a photo of me. I can't do a handstand and take a photo of myself, but I try to have someone capture a photo of me doing handstands in different places where I go. I have a photograph of me doing a handstand in South Africa. And suddenly that morning I realized that I hadn't done a handstand in Brazil yet. So I start playing with some handstands. It takes me some time to get used to the unevenness of the beach and my husband snapping some handstand photos with the sunrise in the background. My husband has a brilliant eye for photography and he starts taking pictures of me doing different poses. I do some yoga poses. I do some tree poses all with the sunrise in the background. Then after a while, the sun has risen and we decide to explore the other end of the beach and we spend a beautiful rest of the morning and eventually 
go back to the hotel for breakfast. It's not until later, looking at the photos, that I see this one image Jay has captured, and it makes my heart jump. A year ago, when I was starting to teach some classes and preparing to launch this podcast, I added an image to my vision board. And I created this image. I went onto Google Images. I found a stock photo online that spoke to me and encapsulated all the emotion and intention and desire of my teaching and writing and podcasting endeavors. I copied and pasted the image and typed some words. I printed it out and I stuck the page on my vision board where I've looked at it daily for almost a year now. What made my heart leap was that in this photo, captured by my husband, was almost exactly that same image. A silhouette of a woman against water and a glowing orange sun. That photograph became to me a symbol, a full circle moment of everything I've been studying and practicing and learning to recognize self-sabotaging thoughts and practicing choosing new thoughts and learning to use my thoughts and my feelings to create. And now here is this image I've been looking at on paper for over a year but it's not on paper anymore. And it's not some other woman in a stock photo. It's me. And it's real. I'm on the beach, at the ocean, silhouetted against a huge orange sun that has broken through cloud cover to shine its light. I'm there. I feel it. And what I want to say now, what I feel now after sharing all of this about how my brain tried to stop me and having to fight through these self-sabotaging thoughts to get there, what I feel and what I want to say is it was worth it. So worth it. It's not without effort. It takes that leap of faith into humility, honest assessment to turn the examination glass inward and snap that photograph to evaluate honestly what thoughts are going on in your head and to ask, is the problem really someone else? Is the problem really out there? Or perhaps, is it possible? Is it me? What if choosing better thoughts, little by little, day after day, will lead you somewhere unexpected and pleasantly surprising. I bet it will feel something like sunlight breaking through clouds. And it will be awesome. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me today. And stay tuned to hear how to claim a bonus from me as a thank you for leaving a review. And this isn't just for people who have already left a review. This is for you. You go in, leave a review, let me know, and I will send you this thank you gift. And let me explain what it is. On this podcast episode today, I talk about vision and I talk about my vision board. And I was able to talk about the images and talk about the pictures, but it's way more powerful, way more 
meaningful if you can actually see these images. So I've created a video using illustrations, images, photographs that show how vision works. Most of the time, if you feel stuck, if you feel that something is holding you back from moving forward, most of the time it is because you are low energy. You lack the fuel, you lack the power to solve problems, charge through roadblocks and move forward. And the way to create energy is by having vision. Vision ignites the process of creation. And the vision doesn't have to be the grand overarching plan of your life. Practicing vision can be little things. Sometimes it's the littlest things that are enough to spark the energy that we need to get past the roadblocks. So as a thank you for taking the time to leave me a podcast review, I've prepared a video teaching you how to energize your life and ignite your creative power using vision. On the video, I share with you the actual image from my vision board that I talked about on today's episode, the stock photo of the woman silhouetted against the sun. And so you can see how close, how similar it is to the photograph my husband took in Brazil. I also share one of the very first vision images I created and tell the story of how it came to pass in a surprising and unexpected way. So what you need to do right now to get this video is this. Make sure you are subscribed to my weekly Monday email. If you already receive my weekly Monday email, you're taken care of. On Monday, you're going to get all of the instructions and the link to leave the review and, and how to get the thank you video. If you currently don't receive my weekly Monday message email, then you're really missing out. I keep them short. It's a little burst of inspiration every week in your inbox. Simply go to maliawarner.com and hit the subscribe button, fill in your email, and you will begin to receive the weekly Monday email message. If you're listening to this podcast and Monday has already passed, or maybe if you're listening to this episode months or maybe even a year after it's happened, it doesn't matter. As soon as you subscribe, you will receive a welcome email that will include instructions of how to claim this video gift by leaving a podcast review. I wanted to do this. I really wanted to do something to say thank you for taking the time to leave a review because I know it does take some time and the reviews are really what help these podcast episodes show up in search engines to spread these messages for people who are looking for some inspiration, help to put good out in the world. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review. And I will meet you back here next week with another great episode of Power Principles, the podcast. And I'll see you Monday in the Monday email message. Bye-bye.